Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey guys, it's Malls. Thanks so much for listening to Please Advise. Just a quick message before the show. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. It's super helpful for us and super helpful for you. You can also call 323-450-7408 to get your calls on the show. Again, 323-450-7408. Or email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your voice notes or emails. Thanks so much. Hey guys, it's Malls. Welcome to episode 124 of Please Advise. How are you, Christina? I'm very good. How are you? I'm good. I'm hungry. I'll explain more <laughs> later. Today's guest is someone that you guys probably know because I've been a fan of hers for a long time and I literally don't know any. I don't. I My head is so far up my own ass. I don't know anything. <laughs> um, her name is Jolie Care and we're just meeting for the very first time today. Which I'm so excited about. You used to write a column on the Owl, which has now been a book, and also um, now you're an Esquire, yes. and you were on Deadspin for a while. Yeah. Ask a clean person. That's right. Ask a clean person. I'm the clean person. Will you clean my house? I will clean your house. You no, know, you don't have to do that. <laughs> I was afraid. She, I really wanted you to be like, no, I don't clean people's houses. I really like cleaning. And I, my house is very clean, so I don't have a lot to clean. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Do I love you, an organizing project. Oh, and I have nothing left in my life. To organize. Everything is organized within an inch of its life. So I'm trying really hard. I've been throwing things away. Like my cousin came out here and I'll politely say that my place was not in the form that it was when I when I before she came here. And <laughs> we tried to unpack my entire garage in like a week. Um, which normally like I can go into white tornado mode. I wasn't even really working that week anyway. Cause it was like, if I have two 25 year old, 20, 25, 28 year old girls hanging out at my house, like there's just not going to be a no lot work of work getting done, especially they were, this is my office. So like they were sleeping here. So I, uh, was not getting much done. And I was like, today, this is the week I'm just going to like completely, by the way, I just noticed your iPhone doesn't have a case on it, and I'm sorry to completely derail. <laughs> no, it does. But, oh, it's a okay. clear case. Oh my god, it's I was a fern like, case. I was like, what is wrong with her? She is yeah. very confident. Okay, I, <laughs> I had mine without a case for a yeah. while. I know, which is insanity to me. Like that is that is such a confident move that I literally, <laughs> I'm like, who are, are you? You're either a millionaire or you are the most self controlled, never get drunk, never do anything person. Oh no, that's not. That me. sounds about right. Uh, that's like who has a yeah, no case, you know, or like, or Kylie Jenner, but you guys, um, I was going to say to you that my place was not in the condition. I tried to do too much too quickly. I wound up throwing out a bunch of stuff. I, I'm still like, I'm looking around being like, why do I need stickers for my friend's bands? Like, why do I need stuff like that? Do I need that? You don't need it, but if you like it, then it's okay to keep it. I think people are really hard on themselves about, like this this notion that they they shouldn't have things or they shouldn't want things or need things and kind of blame Marie Kondo for a lot of that. <laughs> What's I, that? I like to blame it's the Marie. art of tidying up. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, like the does this spark joy? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know the thing is, is that I in it it helps a lot of people, and I don't want to take away from that, right? But it puts a lot of pressure on people to sort of do this massive clean out all in one and and be you know 
in- incredibly rigid about it. And I just don't think that's like a realistic way to live life. And I don't think it's necessary. Yeah. Um, and I partly say that because, you know, my, my my column is an advice column. So people email me their questions. Right. And in their questions, there's always this pathos of of being so cruel to themselves yeah. and so hard on themselves. And I just want to say, please be nicer to yourself. Yeah. Please. It's, we you say know, that a lot here, too. I'll help you fix this problem. But also, I'm going to tell you that you're being way too hard on yourself. Yeah. And yeah, I bet. You know, bet, well, yeah. just people like it is. It's hard. People beat you up or beat themselves up. Like, I mean, I'm here. I, I well, look, I haven't been able to watch Hoarders ever because it makes me physically sick. Not because I'm like, oh, that's so gross. It's because I could be that. Like, I'm teetering on the edge of being a hoarder at any given moment. Yeah. And like this earring, for example. Now, you probably wouldn't know this is an earring, but it's a wooden cat and there's a small piece <laughs> of metal. But the, these, this is one of, of a pair of earrings that I bought myself when I was nine years old. Did and you by any chance get this at the at one of the stores in at the in the garage in Harvard Square? I think I probably did. And that's the <laughs> other crazy thing is that we're from basically so she grew up on Marlboro Street in Boston, mm-hmm. where I went to school for a year at Newman Prep, then my mom moved me to New Jersey for the summer, and then I wound up just wanting to go back to public school in Lexington, which are great schools anyway. But it's like wild that yeah. like because you know when people talk about the back Newman bay Pop is a, bl- a block and a half from where i grew up i know yeah. and by the way like when people talk about the back bay everyone forgets about marlboro street which is like i think i mean that's the nicest it's the quietest street yeah there. it's like definitely the one to grow up on yeah. i had a teacher who lived on newbury street and i like had no i i didn't realize until maybe five years ago that her parents must have just been from extreme wealth yeah because there's no way she was having a private school teacher's salary Definitely and renting not. like a sick ass apartment that was on yeah she I mean her apartment was on the goddamn news for being a nice apartment oh, wow uh so i wouldn't want to live on newberry street though because it's like living in a mall yeah it is it is i wouldn't want that either but i thought it was very chic um but anyway so this earring i've been holding on to it for i guess i don't know i'm 33 whatever the math of that is i guess i lost the other one sometime in high school so I just can't get rid of this. And I don't know if my goal is to take that super glue right there and glue it to a vase or like, I don't know what I'm doing with this thing, but this is one of these things that I look at. It's like, it's, this is, is, is representative of my mental illness to me. That I, got it. I have this fucking cat sitting around. Um, I don't know. I, I understand the emotional attachment to things because yeah. I, I do the same thing too. Like I still have ticket stubs of something and like I went to a movie. Like when we went to see in the Heights, I still yeah, have that yeah, ticket yeah. stub. Ticket and stubs just, are, yeah. I think. Yeah. I, I just think- finally got rid of some, I had some ticket stubs in my wallet and I was like, why do I have these in here? Yeah. Throw them away. Yeah. Yeah. Receipts. I've never used one. I've never used Oh, I don't receipt. keep receipts. I'm, I'm like... I don't return I'm always like, don't get me. Don't get, I'm like yeah. preemptively tell them not to get because like I don't need it. Why is just... You know what I would do with that cat actually? What? I would buy a little magnet and I would super glue the magnet on it and I would just make a fridge magnet. And you know what? Perfect you're a, magnet size. You're a genius because I just found a magnet downstairs that I don't have anything and we saw already solved a problem. This is, I mean, the only problem... Efficient. You're so efficient. <laughs> we're not even like five minutes into the I podcast know. and you already solved one of the problems. 
My I've, been, I've been an advice columnist for almost six years now. I'm, I'm, I think I've got it down pretty the well. The magnet will go on the Please Advise Hall of Fame because my refrigerator Perfect. doesn't take magnets. Oh. I got one of those. Oh. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah. It's a clear front, which is another bold move I made. Wait, do you have a Yolanda Foster fridge? fridge? Yeah, you just saw it, girl. <laughs> you, that's where I just wasn't focusing on it. No, I mean, I also have a b- bunch of plants and shit down there, but like at the same time, no, I, I got a clear front fr- fridge. Oh my God. On my way out, I'm going to go with my Not because of YOLO, but because, and normally my fridge is very, very organized, but I didn't do it because of Yolanda Foster. I did it because my mom grew up, A, a house cleaner, but B, working in a lot of commercial kitchens as as a waitress and then later running her own catering business. Mm -hmm. And commercial refrigerators are just the best refrigerators. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I want like a big, nice, I want a big, nice commercial fridge. And they were also about $1,000 less than a regular fridge because they're just they're meant oh, because for they're big ass yeah. kitchens yeah so um i was like when i first got it i was like this is really good because one i think it'll help me with some of my weirder eating habits where it's just like i have no secrets with that fridge like there's nothing that's like i can't have leftovers in there for a week because right. it, i have trash bags in my visibly <laughs> in my refrigerator so that was really helpful for me but i've Try to start setting myself up to do things that it's like, if you don't keep this tidy, you're going to look like a ridiculous person. But I just don't know where to put – like, I need to put another shelf in my bathroom. It looks like – I always call it, like, Whitney Houston's crack den. Like, do you remember when they released those pictures oh, to the sure National do. Enquirer? And there was just, like, crack pipes, like, smashed into the – and then, like, candy and what – It was horrifying. And, and that's what I feel like my bathroom looks like all the time. And Because I, I need to put another cabinet in, but I don't know where it goes. And it's tile – so I don't know where to how to drill into the top. It look it's just a whole thing. And do you I have really, a drill? Oh no, I would have to hire someone to do that. Okay, because yeah. the way you do it is you just have to get a special bit drill bit. Yeah, to for tile. Okay, um, they basically have drill bits for every possible material you could ever want to drill yeah. into, like brick, glass, tile, blah blah blah. So what um, do you? But think you could easily hire. You can hire a. a you know, a thumbtack or a task rabbit, someone to do that. I'm huge on task rabbit because one of the things that my mom, my mom was really has been kind to me about this actually. But she said to me, like, I didn't like, you've never been a cleaner. Like you're not, you've never been a person that likes to clean. She's like, I don't see that changing for you. She's Mm. like, you should have a cleaning lady. If you can afford it, you should have a cleaning lady come as frequently as possible. That's really good advice. And I totally, totally agree with that. I think also the the idea of hiring someone is another place where a lot of people have a hard time allowing themselves to do that. And so whenever people ask me questions like, "Should I, is it okay if I – I literally get this all the time. People, is it okay if I hire yeah. a house cleaner? And I'm like, yes. It's okay if you give a person who needs a job in like, America a, a I was job. like, it's a job. Yeah. That's true. I never it's, thought about it. I always yeah. <laughs> like, felt slightly uncomfortable because I'm like hiring maybe another Hispanic woman to clean my house. Uh, her family's got to eat too. I know. Yeah. You know, and this but is the and, the, and the thing I say, and I, and I, I you know, I'm, this isn't like directed at no, you, no, but no. what I try to say to people is like, sometimes when you when that's the attitude that you have about it, actually, you're the one being the jerk because you're kind of being condescending about a job that's completely legit. Like my mom raised, I'm a, I grew up with a white Irish Catholic mother who scrubbed toilets for a living. Like, it's not just, I mean, in this part of the country, yes, it's, it's more 
more likely that you are going to get a Hispanic person to clean your house. Right, but, but where we're from, it's, you know... It could be I, anyone. It's Irish and yeah. Portuguese or I just feel like I should know Russian. how to... Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I should know how to clean my house better. <laughs> yeah, well, your I mean, house the thing, spotless. I don't I know do, what you're talking about. I do say you, that people should know how to clean. Yeah. Just like I think people I mean, should I know, know how, how to know how to cook, even if you don't mm-hmm. do it, there was there will always be some time in your life where you need to have that skill. Yeah, and you can always outsource it. Yeah, you, know, you can throw money at the problem, and there's no shame in that. Yeah, but there is shame in in not knowing at all. Yeah, you know, yeah. just no, being totally true. helpless. That's true. Um, I worked with someone who said once. She said, you know, when I was in college, I called my parents and I was having a meltdown because I didn't know how to do anything. And she said that her parents' response to that was, we didn't raise you to be the type of person who has to clean their house. It's okay. (gasps) It's okay. And I, like, let my – I, like, had an emotional reaction to it. I started crying because I was like, that is just, like, the most privileged fucking shit I have ever heard in my life. And I I was like – I'm telling you, I grew up – quite privileged yeah and I that I mean you just saw my my reaction right I gasped audibly and my jaw was just dropped like especially because that attitude is something that was like never part of even though I grew up so poorly like never part of my house and I'm I find that just I find it kind of disgusting I and I find it also just really sad I do too because that it's not that girl's fault Absolutely not. No, and Absolutely her parents not. are doing her a disservice by, you know. It's all, it's like, it's it's 11 layers of offensive because yeah. it's like, one, there's a type of person that should have to know how to clean their house. Yeah. You know, um, and that, that was one of the things that really bothered me too. Just like, you're in college. Like, this is about, like, yeah, you should learn how to do your fucking laundry in college. Yeah. Like, that doesn't. That, that's something that every human, sh- even if you leave college and start making, you know, $70,000 a year at your first job, whatever weird scenario that is, let's say that happens, like, you should still know how to do your laundry. Yeah. I'm totally in agreement you can, with you about that. You can, that. like, still drop it off all the time, but just knowing how to wash your underpants when your underpants need to be washed. Yes. And there's no one else around to do it for you. is It's like a basic life skill. Now, this is one thing that's interesting because you probably run into a lot of people who are like this, too. I have weird things that I'm very clean about. Oh, like, yeah. Like, I hand wash all of my underwear Love in the sink. It. I, like, I ne- a yoga pant has never hit a dryer in this house. Oh, a oh. bra has never hit a dryer oh. in this house. I wash by fat. Like, I'm very, like, but at the same time, I'll do my laundry and then I'll just, like, throw it in a pile on the floor. And I'll be like, I'll pick from my pile of impeccably clean laundry this week. It's really crazy. It's like. Here is a. Thing that might help with that. Okay. It may not, but um, I often tell people that part of laundry mm-hmm. is putting the clean laundry away. No. I know. I no. I, because people do struggle with it. And when I, 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 and when I end up leaving it in the hamper and then my dirty clothes go on the floor yeah. and then mm-hmm. I just swap them out when they. Oh, I have them. some help for, for that one too. <laughs> um, but when I, when I say to people, Think of the putting away as being part of the entire endeavor. It changes for them the attitude that they have about putting stuff away because they don't see it as like a separate chore. It's just all part of one operation that starts with gathering up the dirty laundry and ends with putting the clean folded clothes away. Yeah. That's the whole operation. Now for you, I have another tip. (laughs) You're not because I know I know that's still a lot to ask. Um, (laughs) Sadly. I love this idea. Get Two laundry hampers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And one is for your 
for your dirties. <laughs> and then they go down to your laundromat or your laundry room or wherever you're doing your laundry. So I'm such a New Yorker right there. Yeah. Like a laundromat. Um, Most and of us have laundromats here. I didn't have a I grew laundry up in machine until oh, okay. yeah. very recently. Okay. And it's a luxury. Yeah. So um, you take your your clothes, you do the wash, you clean them, you, they're back in the hamper and yeah. but there's still an empty one there oh that's smart and I so you can just leave all. all the clean stuff in one and start <laughs> filling the other one up with dirty that's stuff true. and then you just constantly have that's actually really smart Isn't I that a great idea? yeah that's actually a really great idea because that's safe. like that's my biggest problem is i have clothes strewn all over the floor and i don't sometimes i don't know which ones are clean or which ones are dirty right, right. i'm like showing my hand right now that's what <laughs> i'm like, show your hand that. show your hand well i'll also that's tell you i, I have that effect on people welcome to the program christina people like to tell me stuff like i don't know what it is about me but like strangers open up to me like yeah. on the subway someone would be like telling me their life story and I'm like okay well this is my stop it was yeah. nice talking to you um but yeah I I always suggest that one because to me the thing I would like people to not do okay is throwing the dirty underpants on the floor like if there's yeah. like if there's you know if there's like one thing I can ask you know that's kind of the ask that I make of people I'm like just don't put your dirty underpants on the floor you know? yeah yeah. You, can, you can put them in. It's just as easy to drop them on the floor as to drop them in a hamper. As long as you have a hamper in which to drop them. And so we've solved that problem. Okay. I think when I was so, a yeah. single wild animal, I mean, I'm still single, but when I was wild and a wild animal living in an apartment, yeah. I think that I had underwear everywhere. I'm pretty sure I had underwear everywhere. But, okay, this is my thing. <laughs> I'm washing my clothes too much, and I've recently figured that out. When I was a kid, you would wear your jeans like four times before you – like in a row. Yeah. And then you'd wash them. Yeah. I'm doing it every other time. And with shirts, I wa- if I wear something for 10 minutes, I wash it. That is so stupid. That I'm the so same way, and I'm trying to break the habit too. Because – it's you're really like unless you're excessively like sweating on your clothes or you've been in them all day. Yeah, or not, like you're out doing yard work. Exactly. I mean, they're not dirty. So I don't know if this only applies to like high end jeans, but apparently you're not supposed to wash them. Oh no, it's a myth. No. It's a myth. No, I no, 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 told no. me that like she's like, Yeah, I never wash my jeans. They just like once every few weeks, like I'll just like Febreze the crotch. And I was like, if you're oh, no. freezing, oh, she just got gagged. If, if you're Febreze across, your life is out of. I know Febreze is the tool of a very weak person. Yeah, I agree. You've with You've given you on up that. on life if you're Febrezing the cross. See, the thing is, though, is actually it's I don't. Boys. I don't mind. I don't mind using an odor eliminating product sure. on the crotch of your jeans, but that is not what Febreze is. No, what is for? It's for college boys, right? Yeah, ex- exactly. Like it's to get <laughs> exactly. the weed smell out of your dorm room. It's like room. a post cleaning, like zhuzh. For like, yeah, it's okay. an in between. It's a you know, like in in between your regular cleanings. Like if the dog has been lying on the couch, okay, you, know, you might um, which the I couch. say that because we we were literally my I'm staying with my best friend while I'm here and we we cleaned his couch today. We yeah. got out the like full upholstery cleaning machine. <laughs> I did the whole thing. I saw something unique once that has never occurred to me as a person in general in life, but then shocked me. And then I also was like, maybe that's not a bad idea. I went on a road trip with someone and like we, I was very vigilant, like five items of clothing each, oh, wow. the rest of the car I'm packing my juices, my probiotics, and <laughs> 90% of this road trip is just about me not getting fat while we're eating shitty food for eight days. Yeah, road trip. So, five pieces of clothing each, 
day, probably four or five, we're at my family's house in Texas and my aunt's house in Texas. I'm on the phone and I look over and I see the person I was on the road trip with just using a degree deodorant spray bottle (laughs) and spraying down the pits of her sweater. And I was like, that's low-key a genius move, but that would have never occurred to me to apply deodorant directly to the inside of a sweater. But then then again, what was she going to do? Dry cleaning in Mansfield, Texas on a holiday weekend? I don't think you'd get your shirt back for two weeks. True. So, I mean, I I also, like, I wasn't completely offended by that because at least it's not for breezing the crotch. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not offended by it. I'm I'm a, I'm distressed because it's so it's so bad for the fibers of a sweater. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Deodorant is like it's it's such a like sticky, waxy, weird substance. Totally. And it's also and it's also very stainy itself, like mm-hmm. not just like, like the white the you have like the white skid mark effect, but right. also <laughs> There's a reaction that happens between your perspiration and the aluminum yes. in the deodorant, mm-hmm. not in the antiperspirant, but in the deodorant part of it, um, that has a chemical reaction. And that's why the, you get those yellow pit stains. Yeah. Um, it's not – the yellow is actually not your sweat. It, the yellow is actually caused by the chemical reaction between your sweat and the aluminum. Okay. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, don't rub that directly on your clothes. That's going to be – Bad. Yeah, I was. Sh- but I, was, I mean, I mean, I listen, as an emergency method, good for yeah, it was really clever. Good so, for her. what's like another creative judge? Like, let's say, like you either don't have much laundry, you're on a vacation. I love going to an Airbnb that has a washer and dryer because then I can just wash. I can pack. My- I did that when I went to DC. Like, I brought one sweatshirt and just two washed, shirts yeah. and a pair of jeans, and I just wash them every night. Yeah. So. Um, what are like good tips if you're like traveling on the go, you don't have much stuff, let's you're backpacking through Europe, everything yep. has pit stains, what do you do? Um, I mean, I'm a big fan of hand washing. I think what, hand washing is one of those things that until you do it, it sounds like this massively daunting chore and like it would Or like really it wouldn't get it clean yeah. enough or and something. And actually it is it's very easy. It's a very fast operation. Um, especially when you're traveling, it's like so easy to do your underwear. The one thing with underwear that I, I would like, there's always want to caution people about, um, people do tend to overuse their detergent, both in washing machines and in hand washing. Yeah. And you don't want to do that because what happens is then the soap residue doesn't get washed out. It murders out. your vagina. And then with underwear in particular, exactly, it murders your vagina. Oh. Um, so you just want to make sure with your with your unders that you're rinsing them very, 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 very well so there's no soap residue lurking around. Because that's itchy. That's a soap really... Soap is itchy on your... On your yeah. Vaheen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, vaheen. Oh, yeah. when you were I mean, that- and I have a pretty, like, Teflon vaheen yeah um i'm not like you know how there are some girl i call them this is this is like such a mean term to use i call them the yeast infection girls you know we all know Shut those up yes you know exactly what it is right there's like always there's always that one girl in a group of like friends always. who just always has a, a yeast infection there's always something like, going on again she's sprinting to the toilet after sex like I she's just like a con first... it's like chechnya down there like no. just a constant battle zone and i don't have one of those thank god 
Um, but I'm st- I still try to be I still old old Beulah. She's still got life in her, and I try to be careful. Your of vagina's her. name is Beulah. Yes, my vagina's name is Beulah. And that's a very mine is called, named Nancy. Uh, wait, that's a really mine. good vagina name. Thank Nancy. you. I did it it's in perky. high school to gross out my boyfriend. Um, because he was like, I don't. He's like, what would your vagina be named? I was like, Nancy. Like, I just was like, just shut up. Like that was it's so, like, <laughs> what? Why I sticks. said it, and it just stuck. Yeah. Um, Do you have a name? No. Maybe, now I feel like I need. Well, maybe we'll maybe we'll work on it. We'll, okay. we'll I workshop. need to workshop a name. <laughs> I was say, we'll workshop some some options. But um, we're gonna have to wrap up the intro soon. Yeah. But yeah just yeah. I have a follow. I have a question. So okay. I have an aunt who is very much a neat freak. Okay. Um, and she kind of like I don't know if this is like a passive aggressive thing that she does, but she kind of always makes it a point to like point out things that aren't clean in someone else's house. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Be like what. That's just bad manners. She'll just like touch. Oh, you I'm sorry, but that's your. I just said something. No, she. No, no, no. And I totally. And it that. makes no, me. She agrees. Yeah. It, I agree, <laughs> and it also has like instilled a very hyper like I don't like having people over my house because I have a fear of being judged. Oh. Um, and it also just makes me really uncomfortable. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> that's just like, bad manners. It, like I it just like don't have it clean enough. So it's just like, would you? Do you ever point stuff like that even to your closest friends, or no, is it just it, something you just like leave off the table? I, I absolutely not. I mean, I and you know, it's funny with my my friends, even my close friends who who know, like who I've talked to about this. Um, when I am when I'm invited to people's homes because of the work that I do. Almost always the invitation is opened with, please don't judge me. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I I understand why it's not a reflection on me at all, but it kind of annoys me because, first of all, my column, the whole tone of my column is very deliberately non-judgmental. And that's like the thing I'm known for. Um, So one, that bothers me because I'm like, but... You know, my whole shtick is that I'm non-judgmental about cleaning and like you live the way you live. Right. And if you want help, I'm here to help. And if you don't, it's not my business. Mm-hmm. And also it affects me not at all. The right. way that you live in your house, like I don't so I don't it's not that I don't care in a mean way, but I don't care because it doesn't affect me. You you do you. Right. And I'll help if you want it. But if otherwise uh, it doesn't bother me, it's not my thing. So I hear that all the time. And I and I always say to my friends, like I'm like, First of all, I'm you know I'm not going to do that because you know me, and also I'm I'm upset to think that you would think that because actually I'm I'm just really grateful that you've invited me to your home Aww. because someone an invitation to join someone in their home is no small thing yeah um and I and I I'm really always appreciative when someone invites me to their home for a meal or for a cocktail or you know that's for whatever a really reason. like I lovely wish way had, to like, think of that. Yeah. Yeah, I wish more people realized that because, you know what, I don't even think I've really put that much thought into it. I've been, like, weirded out when someone hasn't invited me to their house. Like, date three, and I'm like, I am st- still haven't gotten a do you want to stop by my house for a drink before we go out sort of thing. But I've never thought of that. And, you know, I get that. I get critiqued on that a lot, especially when I talk to psychics or whatever. They're just like, you have to be really – you let everyone into your life and you have to be really careful. Oh, my God. I'm the same way. your house becomes an energy sponge and like – so <laughs> – but to this point though, Christina literally – we st- when we started doing the podcast at my house, it was one because I had this room, two because Christina has a roommate, and three, like Christina was like fully waking up on her one day of the week off Saturday mornings. And then just, like, mopping her house down and, like, going through, like, all these steps to make sure that, like, our guests didn't 
so that she didn't feel self-conscious in front of our guests. And yeah. whereas I'm kind of like, my house looks like a trash diaper, but like I at least I can live with it. Like, and also yeah. that's never something I've hit about myself. I want to point out one thing and then we'll, we'll go to the regular show. Do you know my friend Laura Shainals? No. She's a writer. She was like a part of the original White Girl Problems Trio. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but she had a video go viral last year, which was um, a Taylor Swift like spoof where mm-hmm. she was like, please welcome to the stage. Like the ghost of Maya Angelou. Like, just, yeah. like shit like that. <laughs> and it was like huge. And like she was just mocking the fact that like Taylor Swift literally, I, I think it was right after like Joan Baez came out. Okay. And, and <laughs> the entire like women's soccer team from the Olympics. And like Lara was just like, is anyone exempt from like having to be welcome to Taylor Swift's stage? <laughs> so it was very, very funny. But she did the video. She was obviously like had a couple glasses of wine. She's obviously just a girl in her living room like fucking around with a friend and on her floor was some laundry like it was like laundry and like a book or whatever just very similar to this my house and um I would say about 10% of the comments were like I'm so annoyed that this girl did not pick up her shit before doing this video yep but about 90% of them were like I feel so comfortable that she didn't clean her place before (laughs) she did this they're like I actually think it's very charming that she's just drunk in her messy ass apartment right now and Lara does keep a very clean apartment so it was kind of shocking most people probably didn't realize she was like in the middle of moving but I was just like it was shocking to me how much that came up. And then I was so comforted by how many people were like, who gives a shit of her apartment's messy? She's drunk and being fun with her friend. Like, I yeah. was very relieved by that. I, so. I have to say, I there that the end part of that was a twist I didn't see coming. Yeah. Because um, that is definitely a big thing I hear about it all the time is people judging the background of the YouTube videos. Oh, and yeah. Like, and, it, and like there is like, you know, from time to time I'll see one and I'll just be like, oh, God, look at that room. Like, my God. It's a, it's yeah, it's a like, mess. Oh, my God. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, so that's like I'm more big... annoyed by like a tapestry. I'm like, you're too well thought out. Like, you do not live in front of a tapestry. Like, <laughs> show what's behind the tapestry. I never noticed things like that. Like, even there was a YouTube video I sent you fairly recently. Yeah. I had probably seen maybe, like, 20 times. Yeah. And you were like, oh, yeah, he pointed, he painted his popcorn ceiling. And I had yeah. never noticed it until yeah. you said it. <laughs> I loved the man for it. Because I said, like, very few people remember to paint the ceiling or think to paint the ceiling. But the fact that this, went with, this man went with a hard green on his popcorn ceiling was, impressive that's a bold choice that's a bold choice i don't know why i'm saying thank you uh all right by the way it was a a soul version of the golden girls uh we'll post it on our on our twitter it's also in the emotionally broken psychos facebook group okay anyway guys let's take our phone calls i'm excited to hear what you have to say about these i am so excited about i'm i have wanted to do phone calls on my show for a long time and we're quite not not quite there technology-wise, so I am excited about this. Oh, you should see what our technology is. We have a Google, Google number. Voice. People call. We don't do live. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I know it's just a Google voice. We are, are like my, – my, my podcast network is uh, – we're still – we always say we're like, we're very much in startup mode. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I play with the formats, and the, the one format I just haven't started playing with is the phone calls. Wait, what's your so, network? Um, I'm on Acast. Oh, well, no, I'm on Acast too. Are you? But Please Advise is also on Loudspeakers Network. Acast is just the people that care about us enough to get us ads. Right. Uh, no a- shade. But Acast uh, produces my no, show. Actually, a lot of shade. Um, yeah. But yeah, Acast okay, is so, amazing. So okay. Acast, I'm one of the few people 
who is fully partnered with ACAST, they produce my show. Yeah. In addition to doing all That's of the great ad deal. stuff and blah, blah, blah. So I record in their office and Caitlin's they do that. I love Caitlin. Yeah. I love her. She's been so good to me. She and I went to the women's march together. Oh. Caitlin, her wife, and their son, and her sister, and me. So they were my marching buddies. I love And it was Caitlin. amazing. Okay, good. Okay. All right, let's do this. Hey, Malls. Um, Jackie, 24, San Francisco. This is a very spontaneous call. I did not plan it. But long story short, broke up with boyfriend of on and off five years, maybe three months ago. Um, yesterday, two days ago was Valentine's Day. And we weren't really on speaking terms, but got a call from him at 11 p.m., didn't answer. Then got a text saying that he had something to drop off. Then a text saying that he had given it to someone in my building who said they would leave it by my front door. I was still awake, so I went and checked immediately. Nothing there. Went downstairs and checked. Nothing there. Texted him the next morning saying, like, hey, who would you leave it with? That was dumb. And talked later. And he had this whole story about how he had actually come in and left by my front door and knocked. And it was like this whole grand gift and everything. Well, I got resourceful, if not, you know, crazy buck. And talked to my building manager and had him look at our lobby tape. And no entrance. So, obviously, it's a lie. Not surprised. Not mad. Just obvious. But trying to decide whether or not to be petty and, you know, be like, oh, I got the gift. So amazing. And see what he does. Or if I should just be like, hey, you need help. This is a very elaborate lie that you stuck to. I would love to know what your thoughts are on whether to be above it or have some fun with it because it is kind of amusing at this point. Please advise. Okay. So she lives in uh, San Francisco, okay? Um, I'm going to go ahead and guess that she has either a doorman building or there's a key code or something like that. Yeah, I think it's a key code building. So my thing is that technically what you need to know is that if he did do that, it would be breaking breaking and entering. And that's legally considered a breaking and entering. When you go – when you don't live somewhere and you type in a code or use a key or use a neighbor to get through the door. So even though this never even actually happened, technically what he did was admitting to something illegal. Um, Did you get a little bit nervous when she said, I mean, I didn't do anything – I didn't didn't want to be crazy, but Uh – Because first of all, what you did is not crazy. Not crazy at all. Not crazy at all. And like literally if you think that we would ever judge you for doing something that is completely logical, makes total sense. That's actually exactly what you should do when a package goes missing. Yeah. So I'm actually living this right now. We're having a rash of package thefts in my building. Okay. Um, And the first thing we all did was go to the super and say – you know, we're having this problem. We don't have cameras. We're trying to get them. Okay. Um, but yeah, that was literally the first thing we did was to go to the super and say, we're missing a package. Yeah. What, do we, what next? You yeah, know? So exactly. So that's like a totally rational response. Totally rational response. I don't know. I mean, I have a bad habit of being sentimental on anniversaries and stuff like that. And I'll sometimes text an ex and say like, 
I remember what today is and I just want to like remind you that how special you were to me. Aww. Like I'll do something like that. Yeah. Like but – and I consider that to be weak and crazy in and of itself. What, but this, it's kind-hearted. The, it was a difference between what you're describing and what this guy did, which is weird and manipulative and like gaslighty and and like it's. That's, I think he's insane. I think he's insane. Like, and that's why you can't even. When you said, "Should I be petty?" I look. Trust me. Do I understand the impulse to fuck with someone? Of course I do. And I have taken that. I have followed that impulse way too far in the past. Like I've really. Especially in my younger years, when I was 24, what I would have done to this man is unspeakable. <laughs> like, I would have just, I would have literally eaten this situation for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It would have been the best fuel in the world for me to just, like, go on a rampage. Yeah. There would be a... How did you feel when the rampages were over, though? Um, did I don't you... know. Sometimes they made me more successful. Like, I would be writing... Did you get it... off on it and it, like, made you feel powerful? Well, no, Or did like... it make you feel bad afterwards? Um, okay. So there's a really, okay. So I had an ex aunt who came on here last year and we hadn't spoken for many years. And we actually just kind of like loosely reconciled after my previous boyfriend and I broke up because he was one of those guys that was like, didn't want you talking to your exes or being, saying hi at a party or whatever. So I went out of my way to don't stay with that type. Uh, Yeah. By the way, should have been a warning sign. Uh, when I was ripped by my neck from an embrace with my ex-boy, a friendly brief embrace with my ex-boyfriend who was with his new girlfriend. But anyway, he wound up coming on this podcast and I dragged him for years. Like my Tumblr (laughs) was basically a dragging this man website for years. He was known exclusively as flip phone and people will still bring up flip phone to me because he dumped me on a flip phone. So... Like he like literally the day he got his iPhone, he like texted me. He's like, I don't have a flip phone anymore. And like we've been broken up for years. Like I really broke him with the flip phone thing. (laughs) And this is a man like couldn't love this more. This is a man that has a fair amount of mental sanity. Like there are definitely (laughs) people who there are definitely people who are like that guy is like kind of a psycho or whatever. But we're all from the comedy world. Everyone hates each other and is constantly diagnosing each other and is resentful of one another. Right. So um, that's pretty like. But he, par for the course. But he wound up coming up, coming on this podcast and being like, I understand why you dragged me. Like, I dumped you in a really unfair way. I did it, like, willy-nilly. I just, like, kind of didn't want to talk on the phone that day. And, like, I <laughs> fucked with you. And he's like, I'm really sorry I did that. Uh, so I have I, – I'd never felt guilt about that because, one, that, act, that writing was not only extremely cathartic for me, but it was one of the things that m- – gained me many followers on that platform that I still have to this day. Right. So thank you yeah. for that. But um, the, there are times that I've – years later, I've felt incredibly petty for saying something, especially when I was younger and, like, just an asshole. And, like, I would, like, you know, fat shame someone or something, like, disgusting. Like, that's that's the kind of thing I feel bad about. Um I think this guy's going to kill you if you don't like stay if you don't I don't I mean I don't think he's necessarily dangerous but I but I think that so the reason I was asking about how it made you feel is because the the first question you should always ask yourself when you want to like react in some way is not how it's going to affect the other person cuz f- fuck them yeah. I mean they're just some, they're just some other person the thing you need to worry about is number one, you need to worry about how it's going to affect you. How, how you so like the first it. assessment yeah. you should be is like, okay, here are my options. And so she gave two options. There's actually a third one that she didn't say at all. 
um, that I think is the one that she should take. So like you say, like, okay, here are my three options. If I do A, how am I going to feel about it? If I do B, how am I going to feel about it? If I do C, how am I going to feel about it? And then make a decision based on that, like how it's going to make you feel. So for me, I have learned in my life that actually um, it's not – I don't take like cold comfort out of proving someone wrong like mm-hmm. I had in my in my late 20s and early 30s I kind of had like a um a sort of a nervous breakdown maybe mm-hmm. I was out of work for a couple of That's years around I had, the time I had been on a very successful trajectory I then like my life fell apart in every possible way and I ended up kind of being out of work for a couple of years and blah blah I obviously pulled it all back together um and now I have you know, a a very successful career that has led to me being written about in the New York Times with my photo, which means that people from my past saw it and saw like, oh, oh my God, that's Jolie. The last time I thought about her, she was like fat and unemployed and she was a total loser. And now she's being written up in the Times and they, as well as all my college roommates, P.S. Um, And they, and they, and people crawled out of the woodwork. Mm -hmm. And they crawled out of the woodwork ostensibly to congratulate me, but I, but and and you think like, oh, that should make me feel so good because like I showed them, but actually it didn't make me feel good at all because it just made me realize how that they're just bad people. When my friends get amazing career news, I almost feel guilty congratulating them at first because I'm like I don't want to be one of those people in their mind that like no, but let's you say know we when haven't it's genuine. spoken yeah no 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 Please. I had a friend sell something to like literally Oprah's company this year and like it, oh my god it, that's the dream it's and it was like it's big it was big big news it was everywhere and I just texted him and I said tell me how many of your loser ex-boyfriends text you this week yes. and he and I just was like because that's going to be it that's the they perfect thing to say yeah. yeah but the thing is you also know you know the difference between someone who's genuinely excited for you and someone who because you know how they've treated you in the past like I also of course I had friends who I hadn't heard from in a long time who were like oh my god Jolie it's been a million years but I saw you in the times Mm -hmm. and those people I love to hear from and I did you know write back or text back or whatever um but it was the people who would it was basically it was the people who threw me over when times were bad yeah then all of a sudden when I had some success they came crawling out of the woodwork and I and I always thought that would make me feel good and it actually ended up not making me feel good so it's not exactly a one-to-one situation with this caller um but that's kind of where I'm coming from with that advice about think about how it's going to make you feel and put yourself first the one thing that she didn't offer as an option was to do nothing which is what I would tell her to do do nothing right you know he lied you know there was no package you know he lied you know he didn't get into the building, so he he's not a threat to you in that way and that he's not entering and leaving. Um and I and I think it's time to just never have contact with him again and just say, you know, this is a person who is a little off and who doesn't wish me well and engaged in some strange behavior, and I don't need to keep him in my life and let him engage in future strange strange behavior. Yeah. I'm wondering what his motivation was. Like, if you wanted to hear her say, like, I can't accept a Valentine's Day gift from you because I have a boyfriend. Or maybe. wanted to see if there was still a chance. Or maybe he's just fucking not. I mean, it's I mean, I, he, I think nuts. he could have – I think it was more just like, is she still going to talk to me? Do I still – Right. Is there still something there? 
Yeah. Um, Do I still have power in some way? But yeah. what's protocol? Like, because I would, because like, okay, like if he, I agree with you, she should do nothing. Yeah. Like, and I understand it's natural to be curious about his oh, motivation. Yeah. But here's the thing with, with things like that, even if you get an explanation, it's not going to be satisfying because it's crazy because it's, the behavior itself is crazy. There isn't going to be no satisfying explanation. I know. The expl- explanation is probably going to be like, just create a whole host of new questions. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you're and then you're wrapped up in this and you're putting your time and your energy into this person who just doesn't deserve it. No. And the best thing to do is just to say like this was a crazy thing. It's now a great brunch story. Yeah. And I'm never going to know the answer and that's okay and part that's partly what makes the brunch story great is that there's no answer. I would like to know from our listeners if you guys have any theories on why this guy was doing this because there's a lot of times, especially with men and especially when it comes to like emotional intelligence that I can have a little bit of like a blind side as to why someone would do that, especially if it's something devious. Like Mm -hmm. I never assume anyone's lying. I'm the same way. I'm way too trusting. I think everybody has a good heart. Yeah. Which has actually, I will say – and you know, not to get like too too into like politics or anything, but like it's one of the things that's been so difficult about this particular time in our country for me right. is is being forced to reckon with how utterly mean mm-hmm. the American populace is. Like I just had this I had a better view of the like temperament of Americans. I went on a date the other night and I, I thought just started we were good, crying. I thought we were kind-hearted. Yeah. And we're not. No, we're not. No, well, because we, we're... I personally, Jolie Care am, but but um, the American character, that's not part of it. And I never realized that until now. Well, we're also spoiled because we grew up in Boston, right? Oh, yeah. Then you moved to what, New York? I moved to New York. And yeah. I moved to LA. So like there, I mean, while LA actually is the most murderous police force in the country, by the way, I don't know if people know that. I like to bring it up as much as possible because people all think it's it's all in the South. No, no, no. LAPD is like one of the worst, if not the worst. Um, but I don't think, I never, it, it, yeah, it never occurred to me. And I don't want to live my life. I was talking to someone about this yesterday, like who was saying she got catfished and she's like, I feel so fucking stupid and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you shouldn't walk through your life expecting that people are going to be doing the worst possible thing. Exactly. So that's and and I was just about to say, like, I went on a it's I'm so sensitive right now about everything you're talking about, just how mean people are and how um, scared I am and like how shocked I still am by the election. Like I've been sleeping way too – I've been depression sleeping. It's been bad. And I went on the state and I just like – we were talking about it and I just started like crying and I felt so embarrassed because I was like I'm crying on a date and I was like this is so bad. And I just said to him, I was like, I'm so sorry. Like I don't know. He's like, I get it. He's like, this is like – this is – not about you're not being like an, an overly emotional person. This yeah. is a like catastrophic what's going on. Yeah. And it would be weird if you weren't that upset. Yeah, exactly. Um, I cried on my podcast if it makes you feel better. Oh, I cry on this podcast. I taught I <laughs> I like did a whole whole bit. Yeah. Like, the right the episode we recorded right after the election. I did a whole bit about leading with kind because my whole column when we talked about that in, in the intro, like my thing is being non-judgmental and just being like kind and funny and offering help. Like what that's the best way to be in the world. It makes me such like a, a more fulfilled person to walk through life with that attitude. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that I'm always telling people that that actually it really does make a difference in your life if that's the way that you lead. And so I was talking about leading with kindness. 
And I was like, you know, listen, get angry. I'm angry and I'm going to do something about it. And I'm blah, blah, blah. And I know I'm not saying don't feel the feelings you're having and don't get angry and all that. But what I'm saying is get angry, but still lead with kindness. Yeah. And I started, <laughs> I mean, I was just like full on deluge of tears. Yeah. I couldn't even get the word kindness out. I was yeah. just like, <laughs> it's hard. It's really yeah. hard. And I also think, you know, that's something that is important for us as like, let's say I host a podcast. I'm, I'm going to be a mouthpiece on this thing. It's as important to me that someone would laugh at my joke as they understand like how deeply something has affected me in, in an emotional way. And I've cried on this podcast a few times because um, if I'm going to, if I'm going to also like be flippant and make jokes about, you know, oh, you should like blow your boyfriend's dad or whatever. Like I also <laughs> need to have that part of me that's going to be like, like I'm also real like the, yeah. the funny you need comes to show from, your humanity yeah there's nothing wrong with that right. so for those of you out there who lack humanity and understand what the fuck is wrong with this man please call 323-450-7408 and throw out your theories because I don't want this I don't want Jackie to go out and discover what's wrong with him but no but I, I want, want this to be a parlor game yeah. I want to sit around and come up with theories yes exactly yeah. what is wrong with this man has anything like this ever happened to you Again, 323-450-7408. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back with our next call. Hey, malls and guests. Um, this is Neely, a fan of all of your podcasts. I um, did have a question I've been wanting to ask you um, for a few weeks now. I had, um, I guess you call it a relationship, and um, right around Christmas time, it's been like on and off. Um, for about like two and a half years now. And I'm having trouble getting over it, but not in the typical like, like I'm so heartbroken that um, this person I wanted to spend the rest of my life with, um, you know, is, you know, that's not going to happen. Or like, I want us to get back together and go get married or something. Like, it's not that situation. It's just that, um, most of our relationship was like one of us just instigating like a fight um via text um he this was like long distance he was about four hours away so uh most of the time we spent together were like weekends or um trips together so most of, like during the week um or there'd be even like a month or so maybe where we didn't see each other so we would just be like angry just fighting with each other all the time and I miss having that like outlet I miss knowing that I can get under someone's skin and knowing that if I send like something mean to somebody that it is going to bother them that they are going to respond um and and that's essentially that's what I miss so um yeah I, I know that sounds psychotic but um, that's it. I just, I just don't like that now. He's totally done with this. Um, he can totally ignore, um, all of it. And that's basically what I need to know now is like, where can I put this energy of like when I used to just like love fighting with somebody, I don't want to suddenly like take my rage out on, um, people I actually do care about, um, like my friends or my family. So I I don't know. Um, I've given like everything you do normally post breakups, like like join the gym. Um, I'm back in therapy. 
I am like back on Bumble, but I think because this isn't a typical like heartache type of thing, it's more like just you know, like the being ignored and the and then not having someone who like enjoys fighting with me. That um that that I'm missing, um that's what kind of um bother me. So I don't really know like how you fix Okay, so I should preface that I feel like I have to be kind of extra nice to Neely because she's a very important part of our Facebook group on Emotionally Broken Psycho. She's very active. But, um, yeah, this does sound psychotic. That was the right word that you used. When you used the right word. Speaking of Emotionally Broken Psychos. Um, Wait, can we we give her props, though, for recognizing this behavior yes being really clear and honest yeah about it because that's major she, that's true she sees it she's she sees it with clarity she's able to verbalize it she's able to acknowledge that it's not healthy she's able to acknowledge the potential for where it could lead which is like lashing out at her loved ones yeah so like let's give her some some no that is for that self-awareness is, is is major you're right that is really major the only thing that concerns me about you realizing that and then not being like, I don't know, like I, there's certain things that when I realize I'm doing it, I can pretty much immediately self-correct because I know that I'm doing something that is destructive to my life and to others. And like, I just have never spoken to anyone who's like ideal relationship model is like an Ike and Tina sort of situation. Like this seems like crazy to me that these, I, I that you would want I mean, whatever that you're getting fulfillment from rage, yeah. from the expression of rage, and the mutual expression of rage, because yeah. it wasn't her just yelling at him. It was There's him reacting deeper there. Yeah. I think. There's something deeper that she needs to figure out what it is. And in the meantime, you have to find a way to channel that energy in another form, whether it's I was like going to suggest kickboxing. I was, yeah. was going to suggest martial arts. Like, yeah, I was like, or this like martial arts. she's going to be an MMA fighter now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was thinking yeah. the exact get involved in some sort of act. Get a punching bag for your apartment. Yeah. I remember I had an ex that just showed up one day and had a punching bag in his apartment. And he's like, sometimes I get mad and I want to hit things. And I but was I, like, what? but it also might just be um, also having that emotional intimacy with someone again, where you can lay into them and know that no. it's going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that's what she's really missing. I'm not really sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think this but is it's something not healthy. I don't, no, yeah. and I and I think that this is something she really needs to um to unpack with her therapist. This is and if and if the therapist she's seeing, like if she's just seeing a talk therapist to like work through some sad times post breakup, yeah, that kind of therapist may not be the right type of therapist to unpack these rage issues. Mm-hmm. So I would say be diligent about finding the right person. Thank you for saying that because there are many types of therapists in this world, but one that I have suffered the most from is after realizing I've been going to someone for a year and a half and I have not improved my own life. All I have done is found a person that I can pay $195 an hour to bitch to. Yeah. And And listen, there's value in that. There's value. I mean, you know, just straight talk therapy where you basically have someone to vent to for 50 minutes a week is in hugely valuable but it's not hugely valuable when you're talking about changing behaviors cha- exactly so for that you know you might want to go to um, co- yes. yeah yeah which i can never say so it's like you know cognitive behavioral therapy is cbt is like that's the abbreviation but cbt is also the abbreviation for something else what cockball torture 
Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I, didn't I, I didn't even know that. Why would why is Christina like, oh me, I'm like the cockball torture queen and yeah, I didn't I even know that. that. I, don't, I, know. I learned <laughs> I learned about it in one of those um well you'll Molly, you'll appreciate this because it's a Boston thing. Um I was with a friend in Provincetown <laughs> yeah. and we were leaving through one of those like free, you know, local alt rags. Sure. And like in the back they have all the sexy ads. Well, this is old now. I don't think they have sexy ads anymore. I think no, that yeah. business model has been torpedoed by the internet. But um but yeah. And we were like, we saw one and it was like CBT. And we were like, what is this? And then we found out. Did you make a phone call? I or forget how we I forget how we how we sleuthed around and found the answer. That is really, answer. really funny. Because <laughs> I've never You will never think of cognitive behavioral no. therapy the same way again. Well, also it's like, why cockball? Like that almost seems like a little bit redundant to me. Like I know that there's men, I know that there are balls that are not testicles but um i feel like that's a very common thing like guys want to have their nuts stepped on in high heels right like yeah i mean not like oh like that's the one i've encountered the most i've never encountered that personally (laughs) but i know about those videos on the internet um but cockball torture is like redundant man and i mean do you feel there's a redundancy at there in the beginning there no because i mean maybe some guys like the balls and some people like the cock and some like both and oh it's not like Oh, it's 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 like cock and ball. Cock, tor- cock and ball. Oh, okay, torture. okay, yeah, okay. Exactly. I thought it was like okay. Never mind. Yeah, uh, look, exactly. I I don't know how this turned into this <laughs> because uh, we're telling this poor girl to go get CBT. Maybe that's what she should no, do. She literally probably maybe she should, should be, be a dominatrix. I thought of that <gasps> oh. too. I thought of that. I said I think there's probably some sort of her sexuality that she hasn't explored yet mm-hmm. that has a very dominant side to it, which is why she because this is not you know that sort of like. What you guys were basically doing when you know that that's barely a real fight is it like a very advanced form of role play. And I I think that like that might be a side of her sexuality she wants to maybe consider exploring. And there's a huge market out there for that. I'm not saying you have to get money for it, but I'm saying there's a lot of people who like to be tortured. And I think that that could be maybe something you're – into just In a be healthy, yeah. really safe way. So I was yeah, just gonna say, exactly. just be really I think, safe. I think maybe some Freudian therapy will help her to unlock if that's what's going on. Because if it's a psychosexual thing, yeah, you want the Freudian therapy to untangle that ball of mess. How do you figure something like that out? Whether I, she needs to do cognitive no behavioral question. therapy or like, there's no question that this is a sexual thing, like. Literally, I, I mean, but we were just suggesting she go to CBT therapy, and now we're. Saying, I know like, well, because I think we're. I think we're trying to work through like where where this is coming. There's from. a lot of layers, babe. Right. Like, so we were. So yeah. So we're saying like talk therapy may not be be enough, and, and maybe you need cognitive behavioral therapy for this. But then actually, as we talked it out, we we're sort of saying no, this is a psychosexual thing, so you probably need a, a Freudian. Because it it doesn't appeal to her to do this to people she actually has care for in her life. Like, if this was a person that just, like, got off on raging, that would be a totally different thing. (laughs) But, like, the the specific thing she misses about this relationship that went on for two years is is the fighting. And it's only been two weeks. So, like, this might be, like, her things she gets off on yeah being able to like the thing that stuck with me that she's the one thing that she said that stuck with me was that it was it wasn't the fighting it was the getting under his skin and to me that's a power thing like she said like knowing i affected him like that's a power thing yeah so i mean i think she's gonna be okay but i think she's gonna do a deep dive i think it's gonna be fascinating yeah um i mean i think definitely maybe exploring some kink 
in addition to the therapy might might be good for her. I actually I have to add in because obviously, um, you know, my primary role is as a cleaning expert and then I'm a advice columnist secondarily. But I have a, a podcast listener who owns a specialty cleaning service in San Francisco mm-hmm. that caters to the kink community <gasps> and he cleans their sex dungeons. Oh, really? Yeah. And so he like he had heard me because I, I do a lot. Um, I mean, I taught I cover the topics that no other other cleaning experts will right. touch. Right. So, I mean, cum stains are my bread and butter. And, you know, I mean, constantly talking about ball washing and, you know, cleaning barf up from, you know, period blood, blood. you know, the trick for period blood. There are so many of them. Which one is your favorite? My favorite is from Margaret Cho. Oh, I heard this one. I was the one I was going to bring up. And it's right after Brittany walked out of a limo with her skirt, like kind of above her head. And she just had these like brutally period stained underwear. Margaret Cho wrote and uh, I'm a Britney super fan. Yeah, it maybe was maybe I blocked it out. It was really bad. Like I think I lot- might have actually blocked it out because that that is such a personal thing to me, right? Because of what I do and like, yeah. and like mad love for Britney and And yeah. also I think a lot of most publications were not down to publish that because oh, it is a okay. violation like in a real way to like expose a woman's menstruation like right. and also to like shame her for it publicly when like right. any it's woman like that, can tell it's you it's like that thing on Jezebel when they like shamed who's he what's he from the the Sony studio leak about oh, buying like that pubic actually, dye and I've never liked that writer as a person because I think she's one of the meanest fucking people I've ever met and when I saw that it was I like literally came because I was like yep she's still the meanest person I've ever yeah. met uh anyway sorry um but yeah i i think it's really fucked up the trick that margaret show said you need to use your own spit yes and you need to spit on the blood (laughs) because your enzymes are the only thing that can break down it works it works it's not the only thing what else but it does really work um another weirdo thing that really works um and actually i so i used to write for jezebel Uh uh-huh before the the pubic shaming sure 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 um and i did like a monster period stain post for Jezebel because if if you're writing for Jezebel and you're a cleaning expert that's what you do yeah um and I did another monster one about vaginal discharge that was like fascinating and really emotionally charged um but the period one so there are like a thousand different ways honestly um but one of the weirdo ones that functions similarly to your own saliva is meat tenderizer oh and the theory is basically the theory of why it works. well it's not a theory but the explanation of why it works is basically exactly the same that there are enzymes in your saliva that break down food including blood and meat tenderizer is used to to also to break down food Damn. that's how it tenderizes meat and so that's why it will also break down blood so me, the only the big thing to know about meat tenderizer is that it comes in seasoned and unseasoned form, and I'm you just gonna ask. <laughs> and you, and you, my underwear, and you, and you must only use the unseasoned one because the seasoned one is like pepper. It, ha- it well, it's, it has a color to it, so it'll it'll oh, stain yeah. with that. Um, but the unseasoned kind is white, and you know, it's like um, it's like cream of tartar or like baking soda. It's that kind of powder, um, and you just mix it with a little bit of water to make like a thick paste, and then just like scrub it on and. Rinse under cold running water. What's like something yeah. that your average person has in the house at all time? Because I don't know if I don't have meat tenderizer. Like, is there something? Oh, that- yeah. Um, well, I mean, your saliva. Yeah. You've got it in your little house all the time. Uh, um, it's true. But, um, OxyClean? So, Oxy- that- OxyClean is great. Honestly, just dish soap and running water. Yeah. Um, especially hot, if it's fresh. Or cold. 
Uh, cold. Okay. Yeah. You put um, it over a glass, right? Like my grandmother, no, whenever you get a, whenever I would get a stain on my shirt, my grandmother would put it over, put the stain over a glass, run it under hot water, and then apply dish soap. Oh, that's interesting. I think I probably she was just before. doing that. I probably just have a surface to um to oh. co- to create a little agitation. Okay. Um. Um, let me think of some, a few other ones for you. Salt, saline solution. If you're a contact lens wearer, uh-huh. saline solution is a great stain remover. Um, rubbing alcohol is also just like a general purpose yeah. great stain remover, um, which I mentioned so that I can tell you this trick, which is that hand sanitizer is basically entirely made up of alcohol. Yeah. Um, so if you ever get a stain on your clothes, like when you're eating out, if you have a bottle of hand sand, take a little bit of the hand sand. Put it on your finger and like massage it into the stain and uh-huh. it'll take it out. And it works on old stains too. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And- we discovered that. Well, you'll appreciate this because you sort of know this world. We discovered it one afternoon when we were drinking on the Gawker rooftop. Uh-huh. Like that, you know, and one of the guys was like, how do I, how would I get this stain out? And I was like, oh, rubbing alcohol. And I was like, oh, wait, hand, wait do we have hand sand around? I'm like, that should do it because it has alcohol in it. Let's try it. And... <laughs> We're all just sitting around like taking stains out of various people's pants with hand sand. That's and so it genius. Yeah. I my mind immediately derailed from cleaning when you said it has alcohol in it, and I thought you were about to say, "So if you're really broke and you have hand sanitizer around, it. it will get you drunk." People that's drink what, it. That's what my mind went to immediately. Yeah. People, People do drink hand sanitizer. That that's it's really, really dangerous. Scary. Please don't. Please don't, don't do that, do you guys. That. I Stick with Robitussin, kids. Seeing a homeless man drinking Don't do a that. bottle. That was a joke. That was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> I, I saw a homeless man drinking a bottle of Listerine when I was like nine, oh. and I said to my mom, "I was like, that's so good that he's taking care of his teeth." And my mom was like, "Molly, he's getting drunk." I was like, "Oh." <laughs> I like really thought he was like just vigilant about, about his oral, oral hygiene. hygiene. Yeah, yeah, which you know, hygiene starts with the mouth. Jolie's gonna read our letter. We have a letter, you guys. Excellent. All right, here we go. Hey, Malls, Christina, and guest. I'm, I'm guest today. That's I like you. that. She is capital G guest. <laughs> I'm writing in today because I need some help in the form of an opinion. Wake, wake up call or slap in the face. <laughs> really long story short, I very recently visited a sex chat room and ever since the experience has kind of been consuming me. The backstory here is I've been in a committed monogamous relationship for over 10 years We love each other. We have chosen each other as partners, and I do believe that, to an extent, love is a choice. That said, I've gone throughout my whole life always having crushes on other people, even if I'm in a committed relationship. This has proven harmless until a couple of years ago when I fell in love with a friend. Mm -mm. I know it's questionable whether you can love two people at once, but I think I did. My friend and I cared for each other deeply but never crossed the line physically, even though we wanted to. Three years ago, my friend moved away and I was heartbroken. I started therapy and have been working through this heartbreak ever since. As a reminder, I am still somehow happily with the one man I truly love. In therapy this week, I mentioned to my therapist that it is my personality to always have a crush on someone else. She calls this my plan B. Mm -hmm. She also said it's not just my personality. But a result of having an alcoholic father as a young child and feeling insecure in any connection I have been able to make since I was a small girl. This blew my fucking mind. I was sobbing because men and relationships have defined my entire existence, something I'm not proud of, but it's true. 
I've been trying really hard to move on from the feelings surrounding my friend and realize that I can talk to strangers online and essentially play out any fantasy I've had over the last three years. This had never occurred to me before, and I have to say it feels exhilarating, terrifying, and shameful all at the same time. At this point, it is only chatting, no pictures, videos, etc. But I'm terrified this could be the beginning of risky sexual behavior. I do not want my husband to know, but he would not be okay with any of this. I don't know who I am right now, and it is freaking me the fuck out. Also, this message board shit is super 90s, but whatever. (laughs) Am I just plain fucked up? Is this all daddy issues? Does anyone else like me do this? Ugh, please advise. Okay, so I'm assuming it's a chick because of the way that her therapist diagnosed her situation. Um, Normally, I would say fuck that therapist. It sounds like a lot of hot noise, but like you've been seeing this person for a while and like that. I don't I don't I don't completely disagree with that theory. I definitely I grew up in a similar situation. My dad wasn't was not around and but, but like that was a I was fine with that when I was growing up. But I think that I have put. In, especially in my 20s, way too much emphasis on my um, – by male approval. Um, and – all right. I, I think the sex chat room would be fine if you could be honest about it with your spouse. Yeah. I think that would be fine. But you're in a relationship where you can't be honest about who you are. Yeah. And so – did did it raise a flag for you where she said that she was terrified at the thought of continuing down this path? Because that was the point at which I started thinking this is this not be- not because using a chat room is not okay, but because using a chat room for her and I do agree. I do think that was a woman because the, the way she talked about daddy issues was mm-hmm. a. Um, it seems like it will be a problem for her, and she already knows that if if she's already this emotionally tied up about it it's already something that's not healthy and it's knows, not a path it's not a path that she should go down because it's only going to become more unhealthy possibly all consuming probably torpedo her marriage mm-hmm. so i don't i would i would avoid the chat room for the time being while you while you get a handle on what's going on cuz it's just the chat room is just a symptom of something bigger I mean, it it could also be that she's trying to uh, be in a monogamous relationship when she's not a monogamous person. That's what I was thinking, too, is that Mm -hmm. it sounds like she married a guy that, like, monogamy is the only option for him. And, like, look, I think I'm the type of person that's really only into monogamy myself when I'm committed. Um, But I – I'm getting that too. I think that she might, but that was, but that was my first instinct too. Is like you're not a monogamous person. That's okay. Own it, baby. To quote Lisa Rinna, <laughs> own it, baby. But um, when when your therapist steps in with this other piece, and I, I, that's when I started to think maybe she is a monogamous person. She just has serious, like she acts out, like she acts out. I don't, I don't know if this is like. Or she needs love from more than one outlet for whatever reason. And yeah. even if it's not a sexual or physical kind of love, it's like something else. Or I, I, I'm not really sure. It's also possible that she's in denial about how fulfilling this marriage actually is. That's what I was thinking too. Is that like this? I mean, 
it just I've been in too many relationships and it's a promise I've made to myself about my future relationships is that if I'm afraid to tell someone that I'm with literally anything about myself or my doings, then that means I'm with the wrong person. Mm -hmm. Like it has to be someone that you can sit down and I mean, we've had talks about this where it's like, oh, I wonder if he ever told his girlfriend that he cheated on her leading up to the wedding. And any happy, successful marriage I know, there aren't secrets like that. Like Mm -hmm. that has been brought up and that person loves you anyway. Like I don't don't know if you're meant to be married to this person. I mean, the question is too, is is the husband also – as monogamous as she thinks, like, I think she needs to be open to the possibility that his answer may surprise her. Not that I think that he's really going to be like, okay, let's have an open marriage or let's be poly. Like, I don't, I don't realistically think that that's what's going to happen. Right. But there may be, there may be some surprise there that he says like, I'm, I'm okay with you doing this within parameters. If it's like flirting, sexually fulfilling for you in some way, and I'm comfortable with this or like, you, I mean, you you just never know. I think you have to be open to that possibility. Yeah, because sometimes people, you only assume your part will, partner will freak out because let's say like they have wanted to do this the whole time. So they are hyper vigilant about making sure that you are faithful as fuck because if they can, if they have to live a lifestyle that they don't necessarily oh. want to live, you have to live it too. So like there could be, mm. I mean, and let's also look at what your, the landscape of your husband's life probably is like we just give men a pass, like a general pass. You're oh, gonna yeah. check. You're gonna check a girl out in public. Guys check girls out in public. It happens. Not yeah. necessarily totally dog- accepted behavior. Yeah, uh, porn on the reg. Totally accepted behavior. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, any all of those things. Male sexuality is so protected, and so, mm-hmm. um, so I really think that this has to start with like a conversation that's very honest between you and your husband, and then you need to go from there. And yeah. and maybe the way that you introduce the chat room thing is not leading with it but saying like I've had interest in just these types of conversations they're not emotional for me but I do find them to be a turn on and but I'm completely committed to you emotionally mm-hmm. like but the but she isn't completely committed <sighs> to him emotionally I mean she already isn't because she's lying to him so that's that's a, a breach True. of commitment true um in and, and of itself and then wonder... she's had these other emotional affairs that's what I was saying, like yeah. that i mean oh yeah that's true i, I wonder how emotionally them. intimate she was with this friend that she was crushing on for so long it sounds and did it they sounds like it was it? intense it's i mean she it, she and the friend talked about it yeah she and the friend um basically like According to her, I think she said basically that they never crossed the line, but they had both acknowledged that there was a flirtation there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like this is someone who got married too young. That's like my biggest thing with uh, a lot of our possible. callers is just like you need to know who you are before you get married because you're only going to be trying to fit into something that – you just grow up so much. Like, in, I'm a different person at 33 than I was from 30, like, in a huge way. Yeah. I change every year. So I don't know how you could expect to do that with another person. I don't know when they got married, but I think if she listens to this show, she's probably at least under 40. I don't know. Right. And been married 10 years. So under, she got married probably in her late 20s, maybe yeah. younger. Yeah. I mean, 
You know, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's necessarily maybe the case. And it may be the case that they, they've grown apart in their marriage in a way that she just hasn't seen yet. Yeah. And maybe it's manifesting in all of these ways. And really the answer is just as plain as the nose on her face. And it's that yeah. the two have just grown apart. And that's, you know, listen, it's sad. But it's okay. It's okay. It's My okay. mom is getting a divorce now, and I, you know, yeah. she has so much guilt and so much sadness about it. And I, the one thing that I say to her all the time, and because I believe this to be true about a lot of my previous relationships too, they were not a failure. Like just because Ooh. it didn't work out, it wasn't a failure. Like for twelve years, my mom was very, you know, she was happy, happily married to this man, and and you know, helped raise his kids, and was just like, yeah. I, but it's not, it's not a, a personal failing. I mean. The statistics alone should show you that it's really, really hard to make it work yeah. in life. It happens to half the people. Yeah. So, I mean. And probably would be even more if more people were. Were honest. About yeah. Them. I think a lot of people stay in bad marriages to, you know, for financial reasons to to avoid having to admit that it didn't work out. Oh, people the, for the, break up with For their, the kids, yeah. for religious reasons. I mean, there, there are loads and loads of re- for for ego yeah, you know, I mean, there are loads of reasons that people stay in not only in bad marriages but bad relationships of all kinds. Yeah, um, I was just gonna say that. Like, I there's way too many girls who call here with boyfriends that should have been dumped a yeah. year ago. And I'll just say from my from my own experience. I mean, I you know, I'm a different I'm a different kind of sort of animal than from most people because I don't I don't experience loneliness in the way that, that other people do. Same. Yeah, I don't yeah, feel that. This is like yeah, yeah. You and I are very similar. It's great. Do you know your Myers so Briggs? Under- yeah, I'm um uh I N F J. I'm an INFP. Yeah, so that's pretty really close. close. We're really close. Yeah. 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 Similar. Okay, yeah. It's like yeah, all these so, eyes in here. Oh, I'm definitely an introvert. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love my alone time. I love nothing more than being alone. Um so I don't I don't experience loneliness in the same way, and I'm acknowledging that before I say what I'm about to say, which is I have never been worse off alone than I was in a bad relationship. And even though Every, you know, of course, every breakup I have been through and I have been through some serious breakups has been deeply painful for me. And it has taken a very long time for me to recover from the ending of my serious relationships. There was never a point at which I was alone and thinking, I'm so lonely and this is so awful that it would be better to be back in that relationship. There's always mm-hmm. been clarity for me that that was worse. Yeah. No matter how bad I'm feeling in the wake of a breakup or how devastating it is or how many years, I mean, literally years it takes me to get, I'm not a normal, I'm not normal oh, no, I'm in not these normal, like yeah. emotional ways. Um, but it's always been so clear to me that that was, that that was better. Yeah. Um, you're so, so I would like other I want I want other women to feel brave. Well, that's like that old Dolly Parton quote where it's like I'd rather be alone than miserable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, if you don't want to listen to me, listen to Dolly cuz Dolly mean, knows, you know. Dolly does know yeah, for real. Knows. Yeah. That is you're exactly right. I can't believe how like honest honestly and real you just captured that very truth which is that being in a bad relationship or being in a relationship in which you're not happy, those moments in which you're alone and especially if you feel oppressed by this person in any way, it's just like you don't know what to do with yourself. You literally don't know what to do with your physical being. But like as a single person, like – I don't have anyone to report to. It doesn't matter what I do. Right, right. Oh. No one, no one to call at night to say, "Oh, how was your day?" I don't, I don't have to know. check in. Yeah. Oh, no check ins. It's great. So, um, 
yeah, I don't know, girl. I think this starts with an honest conversation. But Jolie, thank you so much for like shedding so much light on that because I think that that last piece in particular is very, very important, what you just said, and something that a lot of people should think about. Is this still the girl that wants to hit her boyfriend? Is that who we're... T- oh, no. This no, is that's another- different. <laughs> okay. No, no, but actually, I was going to say, I We've think... we had that a the- very interesting thread of questions. I think that the girl... I meant to say this. I think that the girl who wants to fight with a boyfriend should get together with the boyfriend from the first question with a fake package. Yeah. I feel like they're going to be a perfect love match. Poor Neely. Oh my God. No, it's so true. <laughs> Boyfriend with the fake package. Guys, seriously, I need you to call in with your theories about that because I am way too naive to ever imagine why someone would do that. Yeah. Um, do we have another call? Yeah. All right. Hey, please advise nation, malls, Christina, guest. Uh, my name's Ashley. I am 33 and I'm calling from uh, Baltimore, Maryland. I've been listening to the pod for a long time. But uh, this is my first call. Unfortunately, I don't uh, have a question, just really a comment. So I just finished listening to the Women's March episode, the first episode um, that Molly's recorded in D.C. And I was also at the Women's March. I really wish that we could have done a meetup here, but hopefully next time. And I think that there there will be a next time. I was just calling because listening to this episode of the pod just, I'm almost in tears. It has me all in my feelings. Um, the day was pretty terrific for me and really inspiring. And I've been inspired by Malls, Christina, and Please Advise for a long time. And just hearing your experience and hearing so many other women and men's experience that day was was pretty tremendous. And I just wanted to say thank you um, for recording in D.C., Thank you for getting so many people's perspective of the day. I thought it was great. I mean, listening and especially the part where everyone was walking past um, Trump's hotel, I, I had the exact same thoughts, and I heard the same chant, and it just brought me back to such a great and spectacular day. And I just wanted to call and say um, thanks for, for recording it, how inspiring it is, and uh, I think this is just the only, only the beginning. So um, thanks. You guys have a great day. Small Baltimore, what's up? Ashley, thank you for I first of all I love Baltimore. Shout out to Baltimore. I love Baltimore. Yeah, I love. have an ex from there. And then like the most painful part of our breakup is that I don't think I can go back to Baltimore. Um, oh. <laughs> but, um I will probably be going back to Washington, DC for the cherry blossoms this year because I was told to go. You were also at the women's march. Were you in DC? I was at the one in New York. Okay. Yeah. I went it to was, New York. I mean, it was a wild Day. I don't know what um, Christina did LA I did DC what was New York like it was amazing yeah it was amazing um I think the only the only thing for me was that I noticed um that it was very white and I mm-hmm. and I was I was disappointed um so I'm I'm half white and half Indian um and I was I was disappointed not to Wait, see sorry do you mean like India, India. India? yeah yeah okay um, and I was, I was disappointed not to see more, I mean, I don't look like an Indian woman, but so when I say you this, do I don't not. mean that this, was shocking. I don't I mean this super ask- liberal, I don't mean this literally, but I was sad not to see more women who look like me. Yeah. Um, meaning I, I wanted to see more, you know, of my own people. I saw obviously, you know, a lot of half of my own people. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I mean, it was amazing and like, I mean, New York is incredible right now. New York has just never been better. Um, it feel it is a this is a not a great comparison to make um, because it's a different 
obviously it's a different event and it's a different, necessarily a different response to it. But in a lot of ways, it does feel like New York after 9-11 in terms of the camaraderie of New Yorkers banding together with an attitude that we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. Um, I miss that. You don't really have that camaraderie in LA. Yeah, not at like, all. There are like little things like the there were there's the blackout after in 2003 that mm-hmm. had that same corner, kind of yeah. tenor to it. And also I imagine like Sandy was a lot like that. San- yeah, Sandy was definitely a lot like that. Everyone you know, really helping. Well, not everyone. Well, I had a weird Sandy experience. Okay. I've had someone do something really, really rotten to me. Um, but um, but other than that, yeah. But yeah, right now I think people really feel um, very connected to their neighbors. Like my my corner bodega, right? So in New York, we all have our bodega. Yeah, everyone calls it like it's my bodega. So my bodega. Um, and I actually had a bodega because my dad owned. Oh my god, you like win <laughs> yeah. the you win the my bodega game. <laughs> um, so my bodega, there was a photograph of my bodega that was the lead photograph for the Washington Post story about the bodega strike. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went in, I saw it the next day, and I went in, and I was like, "You guys, you're the lead photo in the Washington mm-hmm. Post." article about the and they were like you're kidding oh my god and I like pulled it up on my phone and I showed them and like I didn't even need to buy anything I just went in to tell them that I had seen this and I was like I'm really glad you did that and you know mm-hmm. if there's ever anything you need and like you know it's it, it, there's that kind of feeling right now where like it, we, it, I don't know it's just it's a it's a great as bad as things are in the country it's a great time in New York yeah um, and the march felt very much that way and it was like um, I mean, it was I, I did say at the end of it, I was like, I have not engaged in as much woohooing or mutual complimenting of outfits uh, as since my sorority days. Mm-hmm. Um, it really did feel like a it felt like a sorority meeting. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Like just the eruptions of like woohoo. Like I was like, oh, yeah, that's the white girl. Woo-hoo, I know that. <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll join right in, you know, Um but yeah, that was very – it had that feeling. It was very – people weren't angry. It was very like I, – I called it cheerful anger. Mm-hmm. It was it was very, very cheerful. Um, D.C. was pretty diverse. Um, mm-hmm. uh, pre- like not like, oh, wow, look at this diversity. But like it was pretty diverse. Um, I, um, I had something I was going to say – about DC. Hold on, let me find it. Girls cheering Trump. Washington DC. I'm trying so hard. <laughs> um, I what? mean, that was like, but that whole idea of like intersectionality and diversity was a big component to the oh. criticisms of it all. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And it was I one of those know. things before reading any criticism of it that I ha- I noticed myself and. You know, I was looking around like I was like, where I was like, why is this all white people? What's going on? Because it didn't reflect what my city looks like. That's not how New York looks. I remember all white. I think it's something inherent to the the mainstream feminist movement. I think so, too. That there's probably that a lot. I remembered what I wanted to say. And I think this could directly speak to also the diversity issue is that. I when I did the intro to the Women's March episode, I made a point of saying that there was probably a lot of people who weren't able to be there because it's not safe for them to stand up for themselves. Yes. And I was shocked at I mean, at the time I was like, hmm, that might sound a little bit dramatic. But then I literally heard from so many women who were like, I would have been there, but like 
my husband would kill me yeah. like or you know like it's completely against my family's religious beliefs or whatever and there was a variety of things like that that I heard which I was like first of all I can't believe that I predicted that because I am usually so like rose-colored glasses but secondly like that really hit home for me that there's even more of us that aren't are literally just silent are not even even able to say anything and like it's crazy to think there's 750,000 people in Los Angeles and 500,000 people in Washington DC I don't know how many there were in New York but it was like 400,000 and probably yeah. for all of those people, there's someone who feels the same way but can't say it or they were forced to vote right. for Trump because of their husband's financial beliefs or right. whatever. And it just – that's what really – because I keep coming back to the question, why did so many white women vote for Trump? And then also, why is it a majority of white women that you also see at these things? Mm -hmm. And it yeah. just – I mean, I have to wonder if that is part of it. Like, if it could be a cultural thing to an extent, like it's not okay to, and that there must be one, and there must be at least like one of one person for every one of us that w was vocal that was not vocal who believes something very similar. That's oh, that's I, that's all I wanted to say. And Ashley, thank you so much for calling. That means the world to me. And um, we will definitely, if I go back to Washington, D.C., I heard it was so hard to meet up with people that day. I knew so many people in town and I was like fucking bummed. I didn't get to see a lot of great people. But the reality of it was is you just couldn't you find couldn't. anyone. I mean, yeah, that's the thing about the New York. I don't we I don't think we expected it to be as as vast as it was like we thought we were going to be much more mobile than oh, yeah. we actually were. Um, and so, yeah, it wasn't the kind of thing. Like, like when the Pope came to New York, I ran into not one, but two women who I went to college with, mm -hmm. like waiting in the line to see the Pope. So I thought it was going to be like that kind of thing. I actually, I did run into one person I, I knew at the march, which was random, like, a, a, you know, in this huge sea of people to be yeah. like, oh my God, hi, Josh, great to see you. Um, but yeah, it was just such a different event. I mean, it was not, it was not conducive to, to mobility. Yeah, I would basically. love to hear the ambient and like your march for I mean, the, the ambient noise in the LA versus DC was so different for me just listening to the audio. Like I would love to hear what every city sounded like because oh. everyone was taking I mean, in LA, there was lots of like laughing like uh, there's like, you know, it's like a day out almost for some people like yeah. an activity to go do whereas <laughs> DC there was such like it was prideful but also very like solemn okay. and like it was very like i mean it was just like kind of a stoic ass day like and that's interesting and, which yeah. new york was not stoic I yeah mean, it was i mean really it was basically like the wave but in like oral form yeah right? yeah like, it was the funniest thing there would just be these like rolling waves of woohoo yeah it just roll back like here it going it was yeah great. yeah um there was definitely, Sorry, I mean, girl. definitely some of that, but like it was, I was just like, I was really shocked at the difference in just the way people sounded in the background. That like was poignant That's to me. That's so interesting. I hadn't thought about it. Okay. You guys, that was episode 124 of Please Advise. Jolie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This was amazing. I know. I'm like sad you have to leave. Um, and I'll come back. Oh. I'm going to be I'm gonna be back in LA in a few months. So I'll let you okay, know when I'm great. here and, yeah. you know, we, we can do another. We have more cleaning questions. Yeah. I mean, you guys didn't even ask me any cleaning questions. No, I know. No, but that's the best thing, right? All right. Yeah. No one ever wants my relationship advice. No. <laughs> this was amazing. <laughs> I totally want. I, to, I mean, I, I need you to help me fix my life, but I also. So um, I think that you're just 
I mean, if you're good at cleaning, you're probably good at a lot of things. I'm good at so. a lot of. Th- I'm not not great at a lot of things too, though. I really am. Um, and we also we should say that we're gonna try to have you come on my show. Oh my god, I would love that. Yeah, well, yeah let's let's. I'm gonna, uh... I'm gonna make sure <laughs> for the next for the next couple of weeks. I'm gonna make sure to flag the very outrageous questions because I want I want you to hear the wildest of all of the questions that I get because I get wild questions. That is such an honor. Thank yeah. you so and I much. I just want to like see your face and hear your reaction to some of the questions. I'll like, find the a scenario, for that. It's all the scenarios in which the mess was made. That's the wild part. <laughs> <laughs> which is like the entire success of my column is because it's the questions that are so good. How do you clean skin off of a chimney? That was a question that was recently <laughs> asked in this house after I burnt my face on the chimney. Um, I cleaned it. So tell everyone where they can find your book, where they can find your column, sure where thing. they can hear your podcast. Yeah. Pod, yes, your yeah, pod. I'm a, I know. I have, I'm, a, I'm a multi-platform lady now. Um, you can find my column, Ask a Clean Person, on Esquire.com. I also write a weekly advice column for Racked National called Out Damned Spot. Mm-hmm. So if you are a lady and you have fashion or beauty messes that you need cleaned up, ask me. That's the Rack column. Um, I also am the host of a podcast also called Ask a Clean Person. You can find that on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, any any place where you're getting your podcast, you can find Ask a Clean Person. Um, and you can find me on Twitter and Insta at Jolie Care, J-O-L-I-E-K-E-R-R. You remember that it's pronounced care because I care. Aww. Girl, thank you so much for coming on. And um, yeah, I do like let's get a drink or something. You leave on Tuesday. Yeah. Oh yeah. We've got we've got much more. Drink or something. How have we never met? I don't know. I mean, I I I've no. I mean, I I don't go to my orbit for. It's not like you're you were a new name for me. I was like same. No, I um. You know, it's weird because I feel like I'm fine. It's good that I'm meeting some of the people that I'm meeting now because. Throughout my 20s, I was a disaster human, and I literally regret about 99% of my human interactions from that stage of my life. So whenever I meet someone now that's been on my radar for a long time, um, I'm I'm thrilled that they're meeting me now as opposed to the current you as opposed to when I was wearing 2008 you. Yeah, like a shower curtain or something out of the house. The 2008 (sighs) me was a lot of fun, but maybe maybe not the nicest it's hard to be nice when you're actually when no you're i was pretty nice i was just a, i was just a, a slut and a drunk <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that but i was a, sort of a disaster to be around yeah i was a disaster <laughs> that's you talking that, about molly or you me me oh, yeah. <laughs> back in no, the tumblr days true. i don't think i, I mean, they were mean. like you know yeah. I, I, there were like questionable photos of me in lingerie on tumblr and totally. yeah, I just, we've you know, all been yeah, there it was bad it was bad i'm glad you're meeting this version a of slut me. and a drunk so true <laughs> um Okay, well, I yeah, and a p- huge pothead, still a pothead. Um, oh yeah! Thank you so much for being here. I will talk to you guys next week. Bye. 